I keep focusing on the goal. So no matter what happens, I have a vision of where I'm going to. I have an idea of where I want to be. And I know that it's all temporary. I see challenges as something temporary. I see the walls before me. I feel the cages forming. Seems like the world is falling, but I keep my head up the ground. I see the world before me. I know what change is coming. I hear the world is calling, so I keep my head up the ground. We break into everything. We break into Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner, where we shift mindsets around various topics such as family, finance, relationships, dreams and visions, and most importantly, opportunities and how to walk into them. We want to annihilate the assumption that we cannot break barriers. Let me tell you this today. There is more on the other side of you breaking that barrier that you would never know unless you do. We break into everything. Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner podcast, where we step out of our feet, defy the odds, and as the name of the podcast implies, we break barriers. I am your host, Samuel Masakoy, today, and we have a guest with us. Okay, I won't say his name. I will let him introduce himself to the podcast. So, sir, what's your name, please? My name is Johnson Oye Kunle, but you can call me Johnson Kunle for short. So which was the first name? The Johnson or the Oye Kunle? Johnson is my son's name. Kunle. So Kunle comes first. Yeah, well, but I adopted Johnson as my English name too, so it works either way. Ah, okay, okay, we get it now. Because I've seen most of my Nigerian friends also do this kind of thing, where they put their last name before the first name. I guess they're fond of it, so... Yeah, <laughs> it's the norm here. It's the norm, okay, I get it then. So, before we move any further, tell us about yourself and what you do. Okay, let me start with my age, I'm 26. I stay in Kotakot, Nigeria, and I'm into music. I'm actually a guitarist. I play guitar for studios, for gigs, and I teach people how to learn and how to play. So I'm a professional guitarist. That's the main instrument that you play then, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's what I do. That's the main instrument I play. So right now, I'm surrounded by plenty guitars. I myself, I've been wanting to play an instrument for a while now because my younger brother is also into this instrument thingy. And this boy has given me a headache. He, he has been <laughs> telling me to pay him. So, <laughs> so I won't lie anytime soon. The fact that my own brother is telling me so I could lie. So you see, maybe I could come to you. You also pay you. <laughs> Oh, you cannot do it for free. I thought we are supposed to help it. <laughs> I will charge you what your brother said. Hey, well, okay, I'm not learning instruments at all in this life. I'll use YouTube. <laughs> YouTube is free, so I'll learn from <laughs> I love music also, but as I said earlier, playing instruments is the problem now. But anyways, we move, yeah. YouTube will help me. <laughs> okay, so I'm pretty sure before all this music thing, you attended the uni. Yeah, of course. So can you tell us a little about your university? When did you graduate? I graduated. 2017, actually. So I got into school 2011. Actually, it was supposed to be 2011, but the school was on strike, so I entered at 2012. 
five years. Tell me you're done. I'm still in high school. <laughs> so I schooled in uh, Delta State in Nigeria. So the, in Wari, exactly. It's a very popular town in Nigeria. Yeah. Wari. So the name of the school is Federal University of Petroleum Resources. I studied petroleum engineering. I had the ambition to make oil money. Fast money. <laughs> that was the dream. I've heard about mechanical and all those other type of engineering, but this is the first time I'm hearing about petroleum engineering. So can you please tell me just a little bit what it's about? So what we do is actually we go to drill oil and okay. we drill oil from under the ground. So we have the drillers. Then after drilling, there are people that manage the wells because the oil keeps coming for sometimes five years, six years, ten years. Depends on how much oil they have on the ground. So some drill it, some manage the oil that comes out. While some also focus on the processing of the oil. So refine the oil to make it usable by our cars, generators, and all. We can fit into any of these three categories. So we have the drillers, we have the well managers, we have the refiners. Let me start with. Wow, that sounds very interesting. It's much more practical than it's theoretical. Yeah, exactly. I'm also a student at the University of the Gambia. I'm in my second year, yes. And I'm studying development. Development studies? Yes. So what do you guys do? Basically, I want to study international relations, but the university does not offer it. So I think I'll do that for my master's. But it's basically about developing communities, environments also. It's kind of like a practical course, but it's half theoretical and it's also practical. Because before we get into doing field works and all sorts of practical aspects of the course, we get to know the basic concepts, know what to do, know what not to do various areas of the causes which are supposed to be treated like with much seriousness because development is for the people. We make sure in the classroom we know what to do so that we won't make mistakes in the practical field. Sounds interesting. Very interesting. Just like yours also. We are all human right now, a big community. Yes, yes, yes. You graduated in 2017. At that time, I was... Preparing to finish high school because I was about to do my WASI exams at that time. I knew I done with uni. Hey, and I was just getting ready. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go straight into uni. I had to figure out what I really wanted to do. And during that time, I was doing basic IT courses to keep myself busy so I wouldn't be at home either. Fantastic. Because I think a lot of people make that mistake of going into uni not knowing what to do. Yeah. So I had to take my time to figure out not to rush. In the uni, what would you say you face as challenges there? Because I'm already in my seven year and I'm already facing challenges. <laughs> so your experience in the university, I keep saying uni. <laughs> Tell us about your experience throughout your stay in university. Wow, that's a talk for days, you know. Okay, just summarize it for us then. Let me try. <laughs> One of the first challenges I experienced was a change of environment. I grew up in the northern Nigeria and I had spent all my life there. And then I was going like a day's journey, whole day's journey by road. So I was going to be far from my parents. I was going to be introduced to a new culture, a new way of life. And most people in Nigeria know about where it's kind of like a town known for, I don't want to use bad words, but most of the people <laughs> there are criminals. <laughs> Terry is pretty harsh. 
everybody there was so nice. You know, you could walk up to anybody and ask for directions and they'll be so nice to you. And then going to worry was the whole, like everybody seemed to be angry with you. It's like the complete opposite. Yes. I was wondering when I first got there, I was like, is there something wrong with me? Why is everybody so harsh, so mean to me? So it took me a while to really blend in, to understand that, okay, sometimes they are not really mean to you. They're just being friendly. That's their way of friendly gesture. They can meet you. Someone will just tell you, your head looks like a goat. <laughs> He's not even seen you before. And I'm like, you just see me for the first time and you're insulting. So it took me a while to really understand how the culture there was. So at first I felt pretty bad. Everybody with the harsh words up and down. So it affected me a little, but that was one of the first challenges I faced. Secondly was being on my own. Most of my friends, they were in schools that meant that they could always go home easily. Maybe they'll be in school from Monday to Friday, then the weekends they'll go home, they'll eat, to see the family. For me, it was a whole different scenario. I remember one year, I didn't see my parents till December. I'm telling you, so I didn't see them from January till December. I was away. Wow, so, that would be tough. <laughs> <laughs> very, very tough. <laughs> I missed home. I missed the family. I missed everybody. And of course, I'm not seeing my parents. I didn't see my brothers, nobody. So and I missed that family bond, you know. Other things, challenges financially, not so much though, because I had money most of the time though. But, you know, there's some times when <laughs> some of the things you need are <laughs> more than the money available. Exactly. You have to prioritize. <laughs> yes, you have to prioritize, exactly. So sometimes if you want, you want to eat, you have to put it aside and just manage what you can eat so you have enough money to buy textbooks or buy handouts and, and all of that. So that was it. My thing was because the lecturer can come up today and say everybody should buy a handout between now and the next two days. The money that you probably planned out to spend for a week, you'll be forced to strategize how you're going to use the rest of your money and all of that. So lastly, I think we had a little bit of security issues because... There's so many, many criminals in the area. Yeah, I was robbed. I was attacked with glass, with wow. bottle. Night was too dangerous. You never slept with your two eyes closed. So you're sleeping, you're scared, you that kind of feel. The trauma and all of that. So that's basically most of the challenges. Okay, that is very, very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get this right. So you were living on the campus site. Yeah, I spent my first year in the campus, in the hostel. Then from my second year to my fifth year, I got a place and my friend. So so I spent the rest of the time. Well, unlike uh, campuses in other countries, our own here is just like school type. Day to day, you go for your classes, then you go home. So I can relate to what you are saying because I've had a lot of friends who have explained this kind of scenarios where when you're leaving for the campus, that change of environment, especially yeah. the first few months, it's mm. really difficult because you're used to being around family and now suddenly you're on your own. You have to be responsible and you face a lot of challenges when living on your own. And as my people will say, that was when your eye will open. <laughs> <laughs> Very, very true. I can get because I have Nigerian friends from Wadi and when I watch in also these videos, you hear Wadi boys know they play. Yes. So I'm like, ah, Wadi people, it's like all they know is violence. Sorry <laughs> to say. It's true. No, you know who I'll be? I'll be Wadi boy. When they say that, it's like a form of a threat. So I'll see people backing up. I'm like, ah. So Wadi is fearful like this. People fear Wadi like this. 
and be scary because being attacked with bottle and all sorts when you are supposed to sleep and sleeping is when you close both of your eyes to take a rest, but you can't sleep with your two eyes closed. <laughs> that shows the extent of how severe the situation was there. Yeah. You made it through with the five years. <laughs> I know those first few months were not easy, especially that year where you didn't see family. I know you must have been going through a lot. Yeah. The only issue I can relate even though I work part-time and I also go to school, sometimes the money that I have for myself is not enough. And I have to ask my and you that you were living on your own, you have to make your own money. I, I could feel your pinch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they will say sometimes something will catch you small. <laughs> Am I, is that the one? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Okay, I know my Nigerian feeling. I'm not lost. <laughs> Sapa will have been catching you. Sapa will deal with you. Sapa, ha, Sapa, okay. Sapa will have been catching you there. And even me sometimes, I'll go to university, I'll only have my transport fare to go because there are two campuses here in the Gambia. Three actually. But the ones my courses are because here we have general requirement courses and your main courses that you do. For my general requirements, I do it at a place called MDI, which is just like a 20 to 30 minutes walk from my house. So it's not that far. And the other one is at Brikama, whereby a car is like one hour. Wow. That's if there's no traffic. If there's traffic, you could be in traffic for like two hours, three hours. Wow. That's far. Yes. So it's really, really challenging. Sometimes I only have my transport fare. To go and come. I don't even eat sometimes. So when I get back home, that's when I'll eat. So I could relate to some of your challenges. We move on then. <laughs> so why is something no? Yeah, it's not friendly at all. Johnson, how did you overcome these challenges during your time at the uni? I think for me, I just accepted it and just walked around it. Every day we kept hearing security issues. We come to school mm. and heard that okay, they attacked a friend, they attacked a guy that's staying in this place and all of that. But we just had to do it, you know. We tried to not allow it to affect our studies. Most importantly, we were there to study. And so we tried to just focus and prioritize. There are always enough information to distract mm. you. Well, I feel like if you've made up your mind that this is what you want to do, you can always just prioritize and make the sacrifices. I remember once I was attacked while doing an assignment. I was on a call, yes, in the night. I was in my house. So I messaged someone to ask him for the assignment. I was asking a friend. So he sent me a picture of what he had written and I was comparing it with what I had done. And I just had, bah, on the door. So masked men, both entered into my room collected my phone, collected laptop of my friend and all of that. And then <laughs> you have to submit the assignment tomorrow. Mm. So those kind of things can be very, very traumatic. But as much as possible, I had to make sure that it didn't affect. The reason why I was in school was because I came to study. So I go back next day, I got to school early, still met up with the guy, tried to do what I could do and submit my assignment. I can't go and tell lecture that because I was robbed. That's why I'm not doing well or what. Now. So I felt like it's just priority, you know. Everybody has their own challenges, but make up our mind that what we want to do is to study. For me, that's what really helps, though. Wow, wow, wow. Guy, yeah, you keep surprising me with all this story. Wow. <laughs> I can get what you said, yes, because unlike school, 
university, yeah. you are free to do what you want, especially living away from home. And their priorities are not in order. They are misplaced, if I can say that. Mm. So like what you said, I can really relate to that because we've seen a lot of people go wrong as soon as they misplace their priorities. And I think that's one of the major things we should do. Like what you said, keep your focus on what you are doing, especially when you are prioritized, that's easy. And from what you said also, it's God too, because thou God shall, <laughs> five years, <laughs> should have been a very, so who knows what would have happened. Maybe something mm. much worse than that robbery. So I think God's protection is one of the best ways we overcome the challenges we go through. Because in university, they don't tell you to study. You can study. When you fail, it will fail. And if you are someone who has a conscience, you will feel bad because your parents are paying all that money for you and you are not putting in the effort. Mm. So that's why you have to prioritize. And I get that too. And thank God that nothing happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> With that also being said, how is life after uni? Because obviously after five years in uni, a lot changes because... I think after uni, mm. you step into the real world now. Uni grooms yeah. you for the real world and you out. You see the world, gang, gang. You see the world. Your eyes open better now. <laughs> your eye clear. <laughs> so how is life after uni? Life after uni was not what I expected by a huge distance. When I was going to school in 2011, my dad then advised me, he was like, study petroleum engineering, you know, there's so much oil now. And we had uncles that were in the oil industry. So he was giving me so much assurance that once you're done, one of your uncles will set you up and eating oil money. I had that at the back of my mind going to school. And I was just focused. At the back of my mind, I knew, okay, once I'm done, just get good grades and I'll meet any of my uncles. Then during school, I also happened to do my IT at NNPC. It's like our Nigeria National Petroleum Company. So it's our main oil company here. Yeah. So I happened to do my IT there due to my uncle's connection too. They helped me to get a place there. We were like the big boys of doing the <laughs> IT. Most people were working for free. Us were being paid. Paid to do IT, were transported. Like, that must have been nice. Wow, I'm telling you. When you wake up in the morning, you come to the road, there's a special bus that will come and carry us. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. VIP treatment. Even on IT. <laughs> VIP treatment too. Take us to work. We'll take us back after we close. Take us back to our homes. Maybe not to your house directly, but just close by. Yeah, a junction also. Yeah, like a junction. So we're like the talk of the town. You're doing your IT in NNPC. Yeah, you have arrived. You're a big man. <laughs> so that was my fourth year. Between that, when I would graduate, then the government changed. And then most of my uncles then lost their jobs and all of that. So when I finished, I spoke with them. They said, oh, I should go for NYC. I finished my NYC. Then I started calling, okay, what's next now? I'm done. And everybody was giving me stories. So most of my uncles that were the big names then, they were now like, we are not even sure of our own jobs. We can't even give you assurance. It was a very heartbreaking moment for me because I'd placed a lot of trust in them. But I understood because some of them lost their jobs. And for a married man to lose his job, it's not easy. Yeah, that's true. I quickly understood that things were not as rosy as it were before. So I had to focus on moving forward. And after NYC, I happened to stay with a family friend. He was helping me to look for a job and all. One day he sat me down and spoke to me. I was like, okay, this is that I play the guitar and I'm pretty good at it. So why don't I make it into a career? When he spoke to me, it was hard for me because I was like, ah, I spent five years trying to get a degree and 
I'll just leave it now. So I, I battled with it for a while. But afterwards, I was like, let me give it a try. I got to focus on it. After you finish from school, you're thinking of establishing yourself. And for some jobs I was getting, the money was too small. At this moment, it can barely take me alone. I needed something with big pay. So when he advised me to pick up the guitar and I started, after a while, I got some students that was training and all of that. It became fantastic. It was a whole different thing. Most of the oil companies in the country packing up and going and relocating. So the oil money that we expected, I would end up seeing it. Wow, that's really, really, really different because from studying petroleum engineering for five years and then just dropping all that to do music now must really feel different because I understand where you're coming from. They say promises, sometimes you know they can't be kept. And even though it was a harsh situation for you, after you studied, your expectation was to like work in an oil firm or company, continue what you were doing, but it didn't turn out like that. And I know that must have pained you in a way because five years is not a short time. Five years is quite a while. And all the tussle, the struggle, running to submit assignments. Exactly. All that uh, university struggle, SACPA catching you. <laughs> <laughs> all of that, just for you to come out and see that dream of you working in that company, you might not achieve it as soon as you expected, but you have to drop that to also pursue another career. It's not easy. If that happened to me, I would have felt disappointed, down, and so, all sort of things like that. And I get where you're coming from, but there's light at the end of the tunnel, shack. Maybe it's this music will open doors for you. We've seen a lot of people leave school and pursue other careers, and it turns out that that other career worked out for them. We wish you the best all that, Sha. <laughs> Thank you. And moving on, I think this affected each and every one of us. In summary, how did COVID affect you? How was it for you? That was very, very, very trying moment. I rented a place like a year back towards the end of COVID. But I was supposed to rent before COVID started. Well, I don't know. For some reason, I just didn't rent. I was staying with my family friend there. And then COVID came. It was devastating. For someone that was into music, and music involves moving around a lot because you're going to studios, you're going to meet people, you're building relationships. And to be forced to stay in one place for days and weeks, for me, it was... Not so bad because I was staying with my family friend and he had funds, so there was food in the house, plenty. But after a while, you miss going out, you miss meeting other friends, you miss meeting other musicians, and it became so, 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 so boring. It was not easy though, but there was a time of lockdown, you're just in the house, you eat, you wake up, you just go back to sleep, watched all the movies I could watch, played guitar as much as I could play, but... Yeah, it just got that. But it didn't really affect me, like I say, because I was not yet independent then. If maybe that happened at a time like now, probably would have felt it more because now I'm on my own. But then I was still depending on someone. So in terms of finances and food, I had a shelter. Although I didn't have enough money on my hand to spend like normally one, two, but at least there's food. Yeah, it helped me a lot. Well, I think COVID affected all of us. Yeah. It was a huge blue because we started 2020. January was fine. February, we are jamming. Then all of a sudden, March, they said COVID. And I was like, ah, it's for the white people. It's not, it's yes, not going to yes. come. Yeah. Exactly. They were like, COVID was out since December. And 
I didn't hear about it. Me, I was doing my JJ. I had March, April thereabouts. That was when we had our first case in Gambia here. And then we went into lockdown. When we went into lockdown, I was like, ah, okay, this is nice. Okay, I won't go to work. Because I was quite happy when they were like lockdown. My colleagues that we worked together, we are all happy. We are not going to work. We are going to be at home now. We'll be chilling. No stress. No work stress. One week I've passed. It's okay. Two weeks, three weeks, month, two months. Huh? <laughs> Still, I cannot do it again. <laughs> lockdown was something else. I'm telling you. There was a time I put off all my phone, my laptop. I didn't play my console because most of the time I would just be playing game all day. And I would be bored. Get to a point, I packed everything. I was like, it's okay. This is not life. And I couldn't go out like to, because my dad was quite paranoid about the whole situation. And my dad would believe everything they take from the Jews. Even my mom at some point was like, ah, calm down. These people are just exaggerating. But I know, even at some time, we had to wear masks in the house. I was like, ah, which one is this again? Uh, uh. <laughs> and I missed my friends. As you said, we missed our friends, that way of hanging out. Just go out for a walk, get some food. I missed that. I was always in my room. And I turned off everything thinking that I'll go like the whole day or so without the device. So I put everything around 10 o'clock. Fast forward four or five hours later, I was on Twitter again, arguing with someone over what can you imagine? So <laughs> lockdown was something else. Actually, it really affected us. Me, I depended on my parents for food and money. It's not like I'm going to hide it. If they didn't provide for me, who was going to provide? There was no salary coming at that point. So that one day, it's me and them, they are going to provide for me. <laughs> so one positive I took out of that was lockdown made me realize that inner talent I had, which was comedy. So I'm an aspiring comedian. I'm, I've started doing comedy, which is something I do on the side. Yes, I'm a stand-up comedian. So it was during lockdown. I got to know that I had this talent in me. So I started working on it found some reading gifts also, which is funny enough, I can do accents. But that was all during lockdown. I learned <laughs> how to do that. You know, when you're bored, you get to know much about yourself. Yes. So I got to do, learn a lot of things. I had the gift and I had the passion for comedy because mm. I would sit down and watch comedy specials for hours and hours. So if I'm not thankful for anything during lockdown, that was something I'm thankful for. So COVID had its good side and it also had its bad side. Bad side was plenty. Sakpa was there in abundance. <laughs> <laughs> abundance. Yes. In abundance, I'm telling you. But we thank God. So we're moving on also. With all these challenges that you've gone through, with all of this, how have you been able to move forward? Share some tips with me so maybe I'll use it too. How have you been able to move forward? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like most importantly, I keep focusing on the goal. So no matter what happens, I have a vision of where I'm going to. I have an idea of where I want to be. And I know that it's all temporary. I see challenges as something temporary. So goal is going to get past there. Even before I moved out of family friend's house, the issues, I need to adjust something temporary. So no matter what happens, I have a mindset that it's a temporary phase and it's always going to get better. So I keep pushing myself keep pushing myself. In music too, when I first started out, it was not as rosy as it is now. Ah, Sakpa was in plenty abundance. <laughs> <laughs> ah, <God>. I was emotion. <laughs> Sakpa was my roommate. Sakpa was... <laughs> nice one, Sakpa. <laughs> Sakpa was dwelling with me. It was not easy. You know, because I didn't know much people and I was not so good as I wanted to be. So I was not getting paid so well. 
there were so many issues then. But now, when I look a year back or two years back, I'm like, wow. So I was like at that level before and look at how things are much better now. So it gives me a lot of positive, it gives me a lot of motivation, yeah, for the future because now I know that, okay, if I could move from that level to this level that I am, like, I'm sure that in the next two years, I'll look at this, my current state and laugh. You know? So no matter what the challenges are, it's just temporary, always temporary. Future is always going to be greater than this, no matter what. That's a good way to improve, to move on from every challenge. At the start of everything, it's not always rosy. That's the thing in this life. Yeah. So from what you said, I can really get something from there because learning to walk self, that one is not like you just get up one day. It's all a process, falling down, hitting your head, jamming your teeth, and all sorts <laughs> of things. Understand? So everything is a process, just like I, that's what I could get from what you just said. And as long as you have that goal, that focus in mind, that one share, you get there. That's a good way to move forward from all these challenges. We move on to the last question then. What advice can you give to people like me in university and people in general who are going to listen to this podcast? For young people like me, who we are aspiring to be something like we are just starting the uni life and life in general. What are some of the advices you can give to us and what way can we move forward? First of all, my most important advice in university and in life in general is to invest in relationships. I feel like relationships is one of the easiest ways to be successful. Apart from school now, it's very important that you get friends, you build a relationship with friends. Because most times what I've seen in life is that the people that are really that successful may not actually be the best, but it's also possible that they know the right people. So if you have true friends and great friends, you can always make it. I always advise in school, life in general, invest in relationships. There's something that happened to me. One of my very, very good friends, when we were in school then, I think he was my best friend then at the time, we had a quarrel. And then the relationship spoke and then we stopped talking. That was the last year of school. Now, fast forward to now, he's doing so well. And I know that if we had not maybe had issues, I know that by now, I would have been doing so much better than I'm doing right now. Because I would have sent me money. At least, Sakpa would have blocked Sakpa <laughs> on all social media Sakpa. platforms. <laughs> but because we had an issue, so I'm not benefiting from that relationship. Mm. So I can imagine if we were still tight, still close like we were then. By now, life would have been much better because he was a very good guy. You know, arguing mm. over stupid things. So relationship is very important. Secondly, I also advise that have a mental picture of what you want to do and prioritize it. Make sacrifices, achieving what you want to achieve, achieving that. And most people don't have an idea of where they are going. If you have an idea of where you want to be, then you know the sacrifices to make and what to do. Thirdly, I feel in terms of money, you should learn to manage money, try to invest, try to have small investments here and there. Sakwa is always there, but... He's always around the corner. <laughs> he's always around the corner. <laughs> I've learned something is always to try to invest. So it's a culture for me. No matter what I get, I try to save, save up and have investments. Those are the three things I would advise. Invest in relationships, have a mental picture of where you're going to and work towards it. Manage money, no matter how small you get, try to save and you're saving to have investments so that you can say bye to Sakpa forever. Bye bye to Sakpa. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we have the three advice then, three mosquitoes that my man Johnson has given us here. When he said investing in relationship, it does not mean boyfriend and girlfriend who <laughs> 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 invest in relationships that will yield to good harvest. I get that your point about you argue with that friend. It happens in most friendships. Mm. If you've never argued in a friendship, then I don't think that friendship, I won't say it's not genuine, but it's somehow. Because even husband and wife fight, so who are friends not to fight? But one thing I'll always tell, like what you just said, try to reconcile. Because you yeah. see what happened Johnson here. You never know the future. Now his friend is a big time artist. I can say that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yes, he's a big time artist. And you see, if the relationship had been mended, then as he said, he would have been benefiting and Sagpa will not be around him. Like evacuated the premises. <laughs> so it as much as you should invest in relationship, in that relationship also you should learn to sacrifice and when there's a problem, make sure it never escalates. No matter how shift, you must find a room for reconciliation. And I think that's very important because I've also been in a situation like that with a friend of mine in high school because of an art project. We got into a fight because the space I was supposed to use to do my work, he had vandalized it and done all kind of rubbish on it. And we got into an argument because the art teacher was a strict man. He was very strict and he would give marks for little things as being clean, your workspace being tidy. So mine not being tidy and I had done a lot to keep my workspace tidy and a lot of effort had gone into my work just for him to come and vandalize it. I felt pissed. We got into a serious argument that we had to be separated and we didn't speak to each other for a while because back then I used to dance also. I've given up on that one first. Let comedy come and Let comedy come and give me money. I've seen money with comedy. Dance never gave me money. <laughs> so it was a dance practice and he was also a dancer. So my friend called me to go get him and I was like, I don't speak to him. And he was like, why? And I explained what happened. He was like, you are not serious. You are in school and you are pretending to be a girl in Balisic because Balisic is mostly fat with girls and stuff like that. So, guys, if you are listening, I beg you, please forgive me. <laughs> Someone had to call him. And since he was elder than me, my friend, the guy who was trying to make us reconcile, he actually slapped both of us. Ah, he was like, make peace now. We looked at each other, then we started laughing. From there onwards, we, we got sad. Actually, at some point, we made fun of the fight that we made. And now we are very tight. We are still close friends. You never know what can happen in the future. Maybe you blow, or I'll blow, or we'll both blow. Then that time, it's like of in your house. And that is what you should be able to reconcile. In as much as it will hurt you, at some point, try to be the bigger person. That will save you from a lot of things. So in short, what he said, those three things, invest in relationship, prioritize, and have a goal. Paint that big yeah. picture in your mind that you are aiming to reach. Once you have that priority and that goal set, make sure you go for it. And also manage money, investments. In this present day, it means a lot because you see people that have been investing in property for a long, 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 long time. And now they are reaping the benefits those are the three things my man here said, Johnson. And in as much as I hate to end this convo, any final words you can give to our listeners? Wow. Just live a good life, make friends, be happy. Just make a choice and decide to be happy all the rest of your life. Those precious words, be happy. Don't let one girl come and break your heart now. You will be there sitting down and you will be happy in this life. Don't let Sakpa make you cry. Exactly. Let Sakpa not drain your happiness. Be happy in this life. <laughs> so we thank you very much for your time, Johnston. And thank you for coming on. 
this has been a very wonderful conversation. I really wish we had more time. I really enjoyed it. But time will not permit us to continue. So we say thank you to Mr. Oyekule Johnson or Johnson Oyekule. <laughs> okay, I have been your host for today's Barrier Breakers Corner Podcast. My name has been Samuel Masakoy. Thank you very much for listening and bye. Thank you for listening to the Barrier Breakers Corner Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, share with those you think can benefit from this information. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to the Podcast at gmail.com. The Barrier Breakers Corner Podcast is produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company and executive produced by... Joyce Donkor. The podcast music was written by Chidi Omenihu and produced by Andy Official in the Gambia, West Africa. Cause they can-